Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 120, Socially Distant from Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. To confirm, it is episode 120, Pete. So you were half right. I mean, Pete, do you know what day it is right now? What time it is? Or is everything just kind of absent? For Wednesday. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation. Let's bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. Put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the rides come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. No clue what day it is. Don't know the last time I shaved. Don't know the last time I showered. Don't know the last time I combed my hair, to be honest. It's, it's, it's wild out there. It's a wild world, boys. Pete, so f- for reference, guys, Pete, his podcast set up, you can kind of see an end table in his office. Is there a beer on that end table back there? That might be a beer, yeah. I, it might be one of those, like, I wake up and I just need something to get me going. It looks no, like a beer. I, I, <laughs> I think it's an energy no, drink. I'm still working like regularly. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all still working, re- you know, regularly. Thankfully, we all have jobs that have not been affected by this. Um, you know, if we our, our our hearts go out to any of our listeners who have been impacted by this, and we hope for you know a speedy job hunt and you know an end to this here soon. But yeah, none of us have been affected. Thankfully, knocking on wood. Yes, yeah, so I don't think Pete's really knocking down a beer on his way to the office <laughs> in the morning. But but no, no I mean, I probably. Probably could. Like, I don't think anybody would say anything, but not, I'm not at that point yet. I mean, and if, we, if we're if we trapped, if we're in this situation for another month, who knows? Right? I mean, it's a wild, wild west out there. There are no rules. There are no, <laughs> there are no rules. rules. Other than socially distancing. There, there yeah, are yeah, rules. Of course. Now, now, fellas, I've been socially distancing. Have you guys, have you guys been practicing proper social distancing? I have, but I do know that Matt hasn't, which is just, you know, if, if you're... Not part of the you're solution. Not, not part of the solution. Part of the you're problem. Part of the problem. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm still going into work because my boss requires me to go into work. We are socially distancing at work. Um, we're no we're at least twenty feet away. I mean, I, I'm worried the police are going to get called on us at this point. But I feel like you two are going to call the police. I mean, I'm still going to the office too, and and, yeah. and you know we're doing we're doing the same thing. We are uh, socially distancing ourselves. It's just. It's a, it's a whole new world out there. Do y'all have a mask? I, I have a mask that I wear when I go to the grocery store that my wife's family made us. I, I do not wear a mask. Do not wear gloves. Just not overly concerned. I'll tell you one thing. The masks are very uncomfortable. Like, I do not enjoy wearing it. If we have to wear it as a country going forward or at Disney World, I'm going to be very upset. Well, we are, uh, we're at the point where you know, we order our groceries we go pick them up. We open the back of the car, and they load them in for us. And that's that's really the only interaction with other humans we have at this point. So, but but I'm with you, and and, and that's really what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to uh, we're going to try to figure out, hey, what are some things that Disney can do to reopen? What are the, some of the changes that are going to have to happen for for this all to work out for Disney? And I, and I think there's a lot of stuff that's going to have to happen. You know, until this this whole situation gets resolved, I do want to before we get into that touch on just a just a couple of uh, news items that have come out. Nothing nothing really major in park news. I mean, obviously the parks are closed, most construction has halted. Although I I do think that I saw they're still working on reflections, but I know that that a lot of the construction at Epcot and all that's been halted. Bob Iger's kind of back at the helm, I guess. Although I did see that Bob Chapek got elected to the uh, to the board of directors. I think earlier this week, end of last week, but Bob Iger's kind of running the company day to day now, as as far as I understand. Yeah, and I think that's a positive. You know, I think if if 
Disney's Disney succeeded and, and did a lot of nice things under his leadership and driving us out of, you know, driving Disney on the other side of this, you know, with his experience, what is Disney going to look like? I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear they're, they're going to be a leaner company. They're not going to carry near as many employees. I think there could be some changes in protocol of even entry to the parks, entry to the resorts. And it's nice to, it's nice that Iger was still on board to where they have someone with a ton of experience to help guide Disney. And, and I think this has done wonders for Disney stock, you know, and, and just investor confidence because if, if I'm an investor in Disney and I am an investor in Disney, seeing a brand new CEO who, yeah, I mean, his, he's got his background in parks, but, but seeing a brand new CEO without any experience running the company, this is his, his first month on the job. That's, that's scary for, for a lot of investors. And so I think having Iger in there has really prevented Disney stock from getting beat up. More more so than it has been, and I think having his expertise in there is, is yeah, is going to be crucial to to getting everything going again. I mean, he's really been the only one that's that's talked to the public at all. You haven't heard really anything from Bob Chapek. It's actually interesting you talk about the stock right now because if you go back to, um, back in February, you know, around this time, stock Disney stock was at one hundred and forty dollars and ninety cents. You know, you go a month forward and it dropped down to about one hundred and five dollars. But you actually did see a pretty sharp recovery, just like you've seen in a lot of a lot of stocks right now in the stock market. I mean, it got down as low as eighty five dollars and seventy six cents. If if I had some extra money, I'd be throwing it at Disney right now. Because like Pete said, I do think that the Disney parks are going to recover in a big way. And when Disney parks recover, the rest of that, you know, Disney Corporation is going to recover as well. You can buy a lot of blue chippers right now. It, it's scary because, I mean, yeah, do I do I think that Disney's going to go bankrupt? No. But do I think that their revenue, I mean, look at look at Disney's revenue streams. Parks and experiences, nothing right now. ESPN? Nothing right now. You know, movies, nothing right now. So there's there's three, I mean, really the main aspects of their business that are generating no revenue right now. Disney Plus has been the only bright spot for them, really. So it's it's scary. And yeah, I, I do think we see a transformed company coming back out of this. All right. So a couple other things. Uh, annual passes. If you are an annual pass holder, Disney is, of course, extending your annual pass for however long the duration of the closure is. They did just announce that you do have the option to get a refund for whatever portion of your annual pass you were not able to use due to the closure. You know, if I'm an annual pass holder, I probably want this extended over getting a refund. It's not It's not going to be a ton of money compared to where prices are now. Yeah, there's been a price hike. You know, Pete and I were talking about this before we started the episode, and he asked what my wife and I were doing. And, and truthfully... As much as I hate Disney World being closed, we did have a trip planned in. She had a trip planned in April, and I had a, a trip planned in May. Our passes were going to expire the first day of August, and June and July are not my favorite times to go to Disney World. So with this extension, you know, we had already planned to go back for food and wine without annual passes, you know, next year, but now or later this year rather. But with the extension, we're now going to have annual passes well into food and wine. Is my expectation. And so, you know, it, 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 I won't feel as guilty not going in the summer knowing that, you know, we can hit, uh, hit Disney in late August, September, October. And then on top of that, from a work standpoint, you know, our vacations that we had planned in April and May were canceled. So we saved those vacation days. And so now we're, we're actually considering taking a week long trip to Disney, maybe in October and, and kind of like a last hurrah with the annual passes. The registration for the, the Disney marathon will be, it was supposed to be, I believe, April 
12th because my, my wife is actually looking to sign up for the marathon and uh, that has been pushed to May 12th. So if you're interested in registering for the Disney marathon in January, registration is opens May 12th at 10 a.m. You know, a lot of run Disney events have been impacted by this. Actually, the, the Star Wars, which is was supposed to be this past weekend, was uh, was canceled. So, and I I think they've pushed out uh, pushed out something else or canceled something else. But anyway, so registration for that is uh, is in May. Uh, a couple of price hikes we've seen. It, it looks like Disney is going through and preparing to reopen, you know, for whenever they reopen, and, and they're going to do that by by increasing prices. I you know we haven't seen any ticket prices increase yet, but we have seen. A lot of food prices increase. You know, as much as two to three dollars an, an entree at some of these quick service restaurants. That's a that's a significant hike. And I think I think that you know when when we do come out of this, we're going to see we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, the only other thing that I really wanted to mention was that uh, Disney has been canceling reservations now through mid May. So it, it does not look like they're uh, they're foreseeing opening anytime before at, at, at the earliest, the middle of May. We're still kind of hoping for June. Yeah, June 1st is the date in my head. You know, I think uh, I saw down in Florida their governor is pushing for sports to come back, but without fans in attendance. And so that obviously does not lend to Disney being able to open uh, because obviously, you know, think about a uh, a fireworks show on Main Street. You know, it's body to body. I mean, you're, you're right next to each other. So I don't know. June 1st may be a little optimistic. But we have a trip planned in June, and right now we're planning on going until we hear otherwise. All right. Well, any any other news? Anything else you want to hit? Uh... You know, I was thinking about something. Probably won't ride Spaceship Earth again before the renovation. Correct. I, I think uh, because I actually tried to make fast pass reservations for Spaceship Earth, and there are none available. And we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute when we get into our uh, our main topic. Some of the some of the fast passes, but. But I'm pretty sure that Spaceship Earth will not reopen when the parks reopen. And the other, the other thing I, I think maybe we we try to cover in this this episode, which will be kind of a loose, you know, flow, just whatever, flow, go with the flow type episode. Do you, what? Okay, so Disney obviously has a ton of construction projects in the works. You know, we saw what happened in the past 08, 09 time frame. Any chance Star Wars Hotel will be impacted by this? I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know that construction is continuing on Reflections, but I don't know about the Star Wars Hotel. I don't know if that's if that construction has been halted on that or not. I just I, I worry about Disney trying to figure out where to where to spend their money, and if that's not an absolute necessity, they may, they may push that project. But anyway, especially being outside of the park, you know, yep. and not being. Like Epcot, right in the middle of the park. So, all right. Well, with that, we'll uh, we'll pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So, your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. 
Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, so how does Disney reopen? What's what's it going to take? What's what's the time frame? Well, I don't know time frame, but I think before we go into time frame, let's actually talk general numbers. So uh, let's play a guessing game. Um, I'm going to save the the highest number for last here, but Pete, now I'll go to you next, Tom. How many guests do you think visit Disney Hollywood Studios per day? I mean, I would I would say forty to fifty thousand, probably. 28,000. 28, and that that's okay. the, that's the least the least crowded park per day. And I'm sure there's more now with the different you know things they've added. But like the most recent data I could find, Animal Kingdom, Tom. How many how many guests do you think you have a day in Animal Kingdom? Thirty two thousand. Twenty nine thousand. So. Um, obviously, you know, you get down to Epcot, Epcot has 34,000 guests a day. And then the Magic Kingdom, which is the, the most populated theme park in the entire world per day, sees 56,000 guests per day. Now with the Magic Kingdom, you're also talking about a, um, a limit of a hundred thousand guests per day, which you do see, you know, during different times of the year, especially during holidays. So and when you start thinking about, that amount of people coming through each day. And I don't know if you guys have done the math really quickly, but I mean, you're talking about 150,000 people a day in Walt Disney world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and not only 150,000 guests, but you're also talking about 75,000 people between frontline, between support, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking a significant number of people in one place. So it, it is a, it is a concern, right? I mean, and based on what we've seen with with uh, with how this has spread, all it takes is a one or two people causing a lot of problems, right? So so how do we how do we eliminate that? How, how does Disney eliminate that? See, I don't know because I started looking at number like just gener- general numbers about the parks. I mean, Magic Kingdom is 107 acres. In an acre, there's 43,500 square feet. So think about how many people can be in there. And actually, I mean. While we think of the Magic Kingdom as, you know, walking around where, you know, guests can actually walk, there's a lot of other areas like Pete was talking about where there are Disney employees that are walking as well. So of that 107 acres, I wonder how many people are in the Magic Kingdom at a given time. And what number does Disney have to say this would flatten a curve or not cause a tremendous spike? And I think that's really scary to think about. Rough rough time frame, right? So it's it's been announced that the federal government wants to start a phase one of you know reopening america so to speak on may 1st right and 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 i don't think i don't think that disney qualifies under a phase one opening at all because i mean you're talking about allowing visitors into hospitals you're talking about gyms being open you're talking about you know some restaurants reopening that that type of stuff you're talking about you know no no large gatherings still and so that's May 1st. Now now phase 2 would be where I would say okay maybe Disney can maybe Disney can reopen in this. Well phase 2 I think they're they're estimating 2 weeks after phase 1 as long as there continues to be a sustained drop in cases. 
So, I mean, we're looking middle of May at the absolute earliest before Disney could could even think about reopening, right? And I think, like Tom said earlier, I think June first is is really a uh, a more I don't know. I think June first is very optimistic when you start thinking about the numbers of people and the number. And you got to remember, it's not just that two hundred twenty five thousand people were assuming are in the Walt Disney World property each day. It's where they go home to. It's where they. But Matt, I I don't think and and, and look, we're not going to go from zero to 100 miles an hour no. instantly, right? It's not going to happen. And and one of the things that I think that Disney is definitely going to do is limit the amount of guests that they that they allow on property. You know, you're not going to see 60, 70,000 people in Magic Kingdom. You might see 20,000 people in Magic Kingdom. Past that, I think you're going to see people wearing masks and some kind of precautions being made in those large areas. And I mean, I'm not a big proponent of the mask. Like I said earlier, I hate wearing it. But I do think that if you're going to have 20,000 people in one spot, regardless, I mean, I mean, how do you even do like the, the queues for the attractions? Like, I mean, I've gone to the grocery store and you have a yellow line you stand on that's six feet apart and then you can move to the next spot. I mean, a family of six or a family of four or a family of, you know, you and your wife going like that's another like constraint there where you might have these people in the park. But OK, what happens if they can't wait in line? OK, now are they going to be in restaurants? Are they going to be in? shopping areas are they going to be walking through the park what about parades or fireworks and it it becomes like a big onion that you have to peel back and look at the layers and and that's why you know again i i say that this is not going to be disney world as we know it when it reopens right i think i think first off you know let's let's look at gate experience right there's there's going to be some kind of health check or something like that at at the gate i mean there has to be right even if it's looking at somebody and assessing that, hey, they don't have a cough, they don't have a fever, something like that has to happen. I think just to just to ensure that even if it's not a, I mean, there's airlines that are, or there's an airline that's, and I think it's Qantas that's doing a blood test uh, to check for antibodies before they let you on a flight. So I don't think Disney's going to, to, to be blood testing, you know, visitors, but I think there's going to be some kind of health screening before they allow people into the park. I think that's I think that's number one. Well, let me take a step back from that. I think number one is you know you limit the amount of people that can get into the park. Well, how do you how do you do that? How do you pick? Do you limit it to hey if you can only come in if you're staying at a Disney resort? That that's a, that's a much easier well that's a much easier way to screen folks as they check in as well. Which but at the same time, I mean, it's just such a can of worms. And like I feel like we could talk about this for five hours and. Obviously, Disney's talking about this. You know, it's, we're we're not solving Disney's Disney's problems here. We know that they have them. It's just a million different things to think about, and I think that it's important to have this conversation because, I mean, even past that, what, what's it going to cost to go to Disney when they reopen? Is it going to be like the cruise line where they're just trying to get people on a ship and they're dro- slashing prices for as long as they could before they weren't able to do that, or is Disney going to upcharge? Because I would see Disney upcharging for limited people in the park. There's going to be enough demand that they're not I mean, I mean I mean people are people are going to be nervous to travel right but there are going to be enough people that are going to see this as an opportunity to to come in and say hey we we think that the uh we think that the parks are going to be empty let's go take a trip there's going to be enough of those people that there's going to be the demand that they need to fill the uh fill the parks but again how do they how do you determine what that capacity is first off and then how do you determine hey who can fill that capacity I mean, because can you say to an annual pass holder, hey, we know you have an annual pass, but 
you're not welcome in the park unless you're staying at Disney property. I mean, can they say that? They could, but I don't think they'd get very many annual pass renewals if they Well, there'd have to be some there'd have to be some kind of like you can use a credit of your time that you accrued being a Disney annual pass holder and you can stay in the park or stay like on park property for free or at a discounted rate that they'd be using the hotel like if they equaled the hotel price or something like that. I mean, there's there's ways around that. But I think the biggest thing is I mean, there if I knew that I was getting health screened walking into Walt Disney World or walking into the Disney Resort and I knew that I was going to be safe standing in line like I normally stand in line or going in shops the way I normally go in shops, I mean, I wouldn't have any fear going to Disney World. That's just me, though. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I I say there's going to be a health screening. I mean, it's going to be a cursory health screening, right? We're not talking about a, a full physical workup here. We're talking about... Do you have a cough? Do you look well? Do you have a fever? Which is why the same reason I say earlier, you might have to wear a mask even after that. I think main main gate procedure. I mean, I what else can they do other than, I mean, it, you look at Shanghai Disney, China has rolled out this, and it's basically the government spying on people, this system of they have a QR code that is either green, yellow, or red. And if it's green, they're healthy. And they use big data to determine, okay, well, your QR code's red. You have to go self-isolate. And they're only allowing people with green QR codes into Shanghai Disney. Now we're not going to go that route. I can I can pretty much guarantee that. But I hope they don't start. I hope they start testing for other things. They'll never let me in the park again. So I think I think you know main gate procedures. I think that's a that's a no brainer. You know as as far as limiting people in the parks, obviously you can't. We all saw the video of the last fireworks show before the parks closed, right? How packed it was on Main Street. You you can't have that. So I think automatically, I think parades are out. I think fireworks shows are out. I think character meet and greets are out. I don't think you have any of those. Well, even restaurants. I mean, even like character, I mean, character dining. I think you can, I think you can have restaurants. I don't think you can have buffets anymore because there's too much direct interaction. And I think the capacity at restaurants is severely limited, right? You, maybe you fill every other table. And but that wouldn't that wouldn't be a problem though if you only have twenty thousand people in the park. Yeah. So I, I, one, I don't think they can limit how many people enter the park because you're you're going to run into massive issues there. Of hey, we bought tickets. Wh- why can't we get in? Hey, I'm an annual pass holder. I'm paying for this. Why can't I get in? So I I think when you you either open it and it's a health screening at the that you're, hey, you know ahead of time you're going to be responsible if if you fail this health screening. You know we'll give you a refund, but we can't let you in. As as it relates to restaurants. I think for restaurants, you you kind of you gonna have to do twenty five or fifty percent capacity and split tables up. I agree with you on the buffets. I agree with you on the character meet and greets and the uh, character dining for sure. But okay, let's say Disney opens at let's say Magic Kingdom opens at eight a.m. That's rope drop that day. I mean, what time do you have to get there to make sure that you're able to enter the park anytime close to eight a.m. If they have, I mean, they have screenings. I mean, I don't think it's any different than a than a bag check, right? I mean, if you're talking about assessing somebody's health briefly taking their temperature i mean it's it's no more than going through bag check no i mean i've had to go to the hospital a couple different times during this and i mean obviously to enter you have to do the little health screening and it's they ask you a series of questions and then they take your temperature how long how long does that take i mean obviously it'd be abbreviated for disney because i mean you're in oh i mean even there it's a minute if that well and that's and that's why i say a couple things have to happen that's why i say you you have to limit the number of people that you get in the parks and there's a couple ways disney can do that and and i've seen this looking at just fast passes so i got up at 7 a.m 60 days before our 
before our trip, which is scheduled for June to book fast passes. And there was nothing available. I've never seen even booking trips in the dead of summer. I've never seen this low availability for fast passes before. And, and so that's one of the things that Disney can do. Okay, well, we're just not going to have any fast passes to try to discourage people from coming. You know, I think that another thing they're looking at, look at Rise of the Resistance. Look at the virtual queue system that's in place at Rise of the Resistance. I think they're going to start trying to roll that out a lot more places because that'll limit, you're still waiting in line, but when you look at the line that you wait in for Rise of the Resistance, it's significantly shorter and you can properly space yourself in that line versus Think about Haunted Mansion. Think about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think when you, you look at any pre-shows, Haunted Mansion's pre-show, I, I guess it's part of the queue. You know what I'm talking about. Obviously, that's your everyone getting to the dead center of the room, right? I, I will say, having done Rise of Resistance a couple times, actually waited in the queue three times, and then it broke down one time, they they don't cram you in the pre-shows. And you, you probably, I mean, I'm not saying I was six feet apart from another party, but they don't for it's not like when you do think of a pre-show where they cram you in uh Philhar Magic. It's not rock like and, that. Rock and roll rock, rock and, and roller coaster. coaster. Yeah, it's nothing like that. So you could probably so and then and then there's a large enough queue there where you could space people out 6 feet apart, put markers on the ground and 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 you could do it there. But man, it would be really difficult a lot of other places. Yeah, absolutely. And I and again, it goes back to you you have to figure out a way to limit the number of people that that get into the park. And you're going to really tick some people off, but I don't think that it can be a free for all. I really don't. I mean, but it all it all goes back to healthy people coming in and like having good healthy people in, good healthy people out where you don't have that issue. But you're still talking about, you know, upwards of 100,000 people even with like limited employees, like limited cast members, limited folks coming in you're still talking about like, even if you cut that in half and say there's 125,000 people in Walt Disney world theme parks at any given time, I, I, it's just like healthy in healthy out. I mean, I think that's what we've all been kind of preaching like to ourselves. Like, you know, if you're healthy enough to go to work, we, we you should probably go to work if you're not risking anything. And I still feel the same way about like at, at Disney world, if you're healthy in healthy out, but finding healthy in, I'll tell you another thing. And if you guys, I did have to get up. So if you guys mentioned it, I mean, the, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, the Toy Story Mania, Winnie the Pooh, Seven Dwarfs with the, some of the, the pre the Q play area. Anything with, with something you hold on to, yeah. Tra- transferring people from the hotel, like from the resort to the to the park. You're holding on to the railing. You're sitting next to somebody. I mean, disinfecting after every, every you're gonna drop have to off. Disinfect that after every every guest. I mean, that's that's a big job. That's a really big job. Well, now you're talking about throughput. I mean, now you're really getting into but but okay, take a step back and you know, you talk about all those rides. All right, think about a, a space mountain. Are you gonna have to leave a you're gonna have to leave an empty spot between parties? Think about Splash Mountain, you're gonna have to have an empty row. Test track, you're gonna have to have only one row in a car. Dinosaur, well, same thing. Well, even it's funny. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people and this is kind of the same same the same topic what Pete's talking about, but I have friends that are going golfing right now and they all ride in a car together to go to the golf course and they all have to have their own separate golf cart. So it's like, okay, well you do this separate, this separation once you get into the park where you're separated from people, maybe a row in between, but you all still came to the park together. And 
Oh, I don't well, think they'll separate. I part. don't think they'll separate parties. Yeah, they won't separate yeah. families. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that at all. But I'm still saying like, what's the point of separating parties if the parties came in together? Like, what's the so you're going to fill up a log on Splash Mountain with the same party? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. You just take okay, hey, family number one, go ahead. Yeah, you're not going to separate in parties that came in together. And on the golf courses front, that's actually dumber. I mean, you're infecting four golf carts versus two. It's stupid. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I was saying it's dumb. That's why I was like correlating that to Disney and what would Disney do? And you guys answered my question. But yeah, the golf cart thing cracks me up. But yeah, that's going to absolutely kill ride throughput. I mean, best case scenario, you're talking about cutting the throughput of these rides in half. So if if you've got a standard day where – you know, you've got a seven dwarfs mine train that's got 120 minute wait. You're talking about instantly doubling that. So w- without cutting capacity or without cutting the number of guests in the park, so I I don't see any alternatives around that. I really don't. Now, what if you pay a what if you pay a premium and you go to the front of the line and then it's just party, party, party instead of no, nah, that's that's not. Uh, you know, if 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 they if if they roll out a paid fast pass, they're going to roll out a paid fast pass. It's it's not going to be during this. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it, but, and, and I, I guarantee that there will be some kind of regulations on how many people they can have at these parks. You know, they're going to help determine those regulations, I'm sure, because when you look about, or when you look at, you know, Central Florida, Disney's the biggest employer, right? So I think Disney's got a lot of power, a lot of say with, with the state government. So I think that they're going to determine a lot of these things, but look, how bad does it look for Disney if, if 20,000 or 40,000 or 50,000 people go down there and, and, and it becomes another hotspot for, for this. So here's one, I guess the scenarios we've talked through, this is a scenario that would make me get a refund on the annual pass. If they limited entry to the parks. And so you're going down kind of playing Russian roulette, not sure if you're going to get in or not, or if they, because they have had to furlough and lay a lot of people off. If they say, Hey, we're only going to open magic kingdom. You know, we're only going to open because let, let's let's call a spade a spade. Epcot requires probably the most cast members outside of Magic Kingdom, but you can't not open Magic Kingdom. So, you know, if they go to a Magic Kingdom in a Hollywood Studios and they run, you know, halfway, that would make me reconsider because I I mean I like as you and I talked about this, Pete. What if they don't open Epcot? I mean, I like Hollywood Studios. I like Animal Kingdom. I love Magic Kingdom, but I love Epcot. It's not the full experience. Well, and I, I guess you know, my thought process on that is that they're not going to not open any parks, but I can see them having very limited, you know, limited attractions, limited restaurants at every park, right? So you're looking at a Magic Kingdom that maybe only half the rides are running. You're looking at an Epcot where, you know, maybe not every country's open. If that is the case, you're. They're gonna have. You're not gonna have to worry about being. There's too many people in the park because everyone's gonna push their vacation for for it to be normal again. And I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think that there is a chance. I don't think there's a chance at all that when the parks reopen, that it's going to be normal. Now, you know, I say limiting attractions. I don't know that they're gonna limit attractions, but you know, as far as restaurants, as far as shows, as far as parades, as far as fireworks, that kind of stuff. I mean. I don't think Fantasmic will open. I don't think any of the fireworks shows will happen. Any of the bars reopen. You know, you look at the wine cellar in Italy. You look at even something like Trader Sam's. I don't see any of that reopening when, when the parks reopen at first. 
Well, past that, you're still talking about the labor for those extracurricular activities, like the things that don't require someone, you know, going through just even the main gate, just, you know, walking around the janitorial staff who actually does have to clean things up. Like, I hate to say essential workers, but you're looking at the fireworks show and you're looking at Fantasmic and the amount of people in the production. And that is a cost that if you're not bringing in full capacity, how are you paying for it? Yeah, the the idea of what is essential workers at Disney is a, a nice way to look at it. You know, janitorial staff, certainly main gate. But then you start weighing, is it essential to have a cast fully dedicated to, you know, the Beauty and the Beast play or the Frozen sing-along? Probably not essential. And so then you're so then you're you're trying to put the pieces where they fit. And then you get into, hey, who's still down in Central Florida needing a job? I know you've always worked in Hollywood Studios, but we need you in Magic Kingdom today and you need to run Splash Mountain, whatever, whatever it is. You need to pulse the line at Splash Mountain. I mean, it, it's, I guess I haven't thought about it until tonight. You know, they're talking about sports being played without fans. How are they going to justify 20 to 30,000 people? Matt ran the numbers earlier in each park each day. It's really hard. I mean, it's hard to, I guess, figure out how they would do that. Yeah, it, it is. It definitely is. So, and that's why I say that I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think it's Disney as, as we know it. I think that it becomes, you know, what, what can we open, what can we open at a minimum, right? And, and I think, so if you look at what, what needs, what needs to be open at Disney for it to be Disney for you? I mean, is it, are, are you just going to go to Disney to, to go ride rides? I don't, I don't know that I am. I think that's, I mean, everyone's interpretation is different. You know, Pete, I, it's like we talk about, you can go with different people and your trip can be totally different. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of things at Disney I love, but if I had to pick one thing, it takes away from my Disney. Cause I've, I've been so many times. I know all the things I like to do on a given trip. So I've, like I told you, if, if they come out and there's some sort of limited opening on attractions or limited opening on parks, I'm really going to reconsider, you know, of course, whatever my wife wants to do, but we're going to talk about, hey, is it worth it? We can get a full refund for however many months are left. Or we can go to a limited version of Disney World. Yeah, and do I mean, do you want that? Do you want to go to Magic Kingdom and not be able to go to Cosmic Rays, or you know, not be able to whatever? Do you, do you want to go to Epcot and not be able to go to the Germany Pavilion and the Japan Pavilion? Do you want to go to Hollywood Studios and Toy Story Land not be open? Like what? You know what? I guess what's the what's the killer for you? I know what I can skip. Rivers of Light. <laughs> I don't. And you know what? They wouldn't even have to social distance at Rivers of Light because no one goes to see the show anyway. Nobody goes. They could run Rivers of Light as normal and it wouldn't be an issue. That'll be open. <laughs> That's terrible. I, I think it kind of goes back to what Pete was talking about, though. Just, you know, what makes your Disney trip your Disney trip? And for me, like, if I can't see the fireworks, like, that's something I always look forward to. Right now, you can basically visit any Disney resort at any point through the monorail and the bus system. Do they limit you coming into a resort, you know, because you're not staying there? I feel like they would have to. So how do you have dinner reservations somewhere else? Yeah, no, they very they very well could. They very well could. That's that's a good point. I mean, are they going to limit where you can go? Are they going to say, okay, you're at Hollywood Studios today. That's what you get to do. You don't get to go park hop. You know, you don't get to go to a resort. You don't get to go to... And we haven't even mentioned Disney Springs. And two, and we can certainly get to that, but there was, when the gondola system, when the Skyliner first opened, they wouldn't allow you to 
take it. You could take the, the Skyliner and go around all you wanted, but they wouldn't allow you to to resort hop around. You know, they said, hey, if you're going to get off here, you need you need to be staying at this resort. And I, I'm sure they were trying to manage the traffic level on the Skyliner because everyone wanted to ride it. So yeah, I, that that is something that I think I could you could see if you're not staying here, no bus system here, no monorail here. But past that, I mean, if you're looking at 25% of capacity on the guest side, what resorts are open? Is it just one one deluxe, one moderate, or a couple deluxes, a couple moderates, and then you know maybe the inexpensive trip that we like to take to save money so we can do more things in Disney isn't even an option. I think you have to think about that too. And that's why I say you know if 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 they look at limiting traffic into the parks, I think that's the first place they go is hey if if you uh, if you are staying at a Disney resort, you're guaranteed to get into the parks. If not, good luck. Right. I mean, that, that's that's where I jump to first, because I, I think that if they fill the resorts up, you know, they've got enough people to to, to make it worth their while to, to be open. And past that, it's control what you can control. If you have people coming from all over, you can actually do those health screenings upon arrival and just say, hey, look, you know, we understand this unfortunate situation. We're going to give you a refund plus some perks if you come back in, in three months or six months. So you actually can screen there and then you know hopefully you know you're kind of monitoring that and you can go into the parks unscathed i mean so we talked about the buses as well like busing from a resort to the park i mean there's so many different kind of well we've all we've all been on the buses right after after the parks close can you imagine like how long those lines would be how frustrated you would be especially in the heat of the summer at walt disney world it was only 15 people on this bus you gotta wait that's, I mean, that's a huge problem because really, how, realistically, how many people can you put on a monorail? How many people can you put on a boat? How many people can you put on a bus? How many people can you put in the Skyliner? Well, past that, I mean, think about right now, you can, like, I think this is correct, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but you can take, take an Uber on Disney property, right? Like, do they allow Uber? Because you're allowing somebody else in, and I'm sure Uber is going to have their own screening precautions, but still, because I'd be all over Uber. Like that might be a partnership that Disney could have, like the minivans, and say, okay, we're bringing Uber in. If you're a Disney guest, you're going to get a free Uber ride to and from your resort, as, as you know, whatever capacity could be. Because, like you said, that is the largest employer in Orlando. So you could have a you could strike a partnership like that. But still, how many cars can be in the parking lot at a time? Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think about transportation, but that's a I mean that's a huge issue. That's a good point. I mean, I, how do you get people back and forth from just the resorts to the park? Do you make them drive? Make them walk. <laughs> yeah, make them walk from Animal Kingdom Lodge to uh, to Magic Kingdom. <laughs> Just give them a razor scooter. <laughs> Just scoot your way. So let's talk. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the parks. Um, let's briefly hit Disney Springs and then maybe throw a prediction out there of when we think it tur- everything's back to normal. I mean, Pete, you said it before the episode, so I don't want to steal your thunder. You're really worried about Disney Springs. I'm super worried about Disney Springs. I I, I really do not. I really think that. Half the restaurants and shops at Disney Springs don't reopen. I mean, just based on how many people have gotten laid off. And and look, I know restaurants relatively quick to to rehire and train and that sort of thing. But I mean, you you look at some of these smaller restaurants. I mean, even what's T Rex and um, Rainforest Cafe there? Are they? Ban- I'm pretty sure they they've declared bankruptcy at this point, right? Because they're not operating any restaurants anywhere. Look at AMC. AMC hasn't hasn't run a theater in what a month and a half now. I mean, I don't know that there's a way they they come out of this unscathed. Look at the bowling alley. The the bowling alley 
is patient zero of coronavirus. So yeah, you got to be careful bowling alleys. But I mean, there's just a million things. Like if, I mean, all of our listeners are well-versed in Disney Springs, like just go pull up a map and look at what's available in Disney Springs right now for you. How much of that's restaurants? How much of that is activities? How much of that is entertainment? And then look at it and say, what's going to make it out of here? Because people don't don't realize that those are not Disney-owned businesses. Those are people that are renting from Disney to have a place at Disney Springs. And they have to look at their bottom line and see where the most profitable ventures are for them. And if it's not Disney Springs for X amount of months until Disney can reopen, that's what's funneling the business there. It's not like a really nice restaurant in Atlanta, a really nice restaurant in New York City. You know, I think it started off as just people that were at Disney World going there, but it, it has become a, a hotspot in Orlando, more, more so than it was. Now, I mean, would it be what it is without Disney? No, absolutely not. But I but I think that people do come there, you know, outside of people that are going to Disney now. Certainly, it's, a, you know, you look at Orlando locals, it is a place they go to, maybe not necessarily to shop, but to go have dinner or to go see a movie, something like that. So, yeah, what I would, what, here's my opinion of it. One, I agree with you, Pete. I, I've been on a Friday and a Saturday night. It is not just people that go to Disney. I can promise you that. Because you can look around, and a lot of people who are on Disney property still have their magic bands on because they need to get back in their hotel room. And you see a ton of people that are dressed in going out clothes, for lack of a better term. I think the restaurants and the bars will be totally fine at Disney Springs. But the shops, to me, have I mean, they fit because of what you're trying to create there. And sure, we've bought stuff every now and then. But if I'm going to buy Under Armour, for example, has a shop there, I'm probably going to go to like a Tanger outlet instead. I'm not going to buy it at Disney Springs. I may browse those stores. You know, Anthropology is a store that, that we've bought stuff at. We have one where we live and have one there. My wife. Wait, wait, who's, who, who's bought? You bought wife, stuff there yeah, no, or your wife, wife bought my stuff? Wife. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I pretty much just say, I'll pick a bench outside. Just come get me whenever you finish. But wait, was, was that the place that your wife and my wife went and we went, we went to the bar? I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what I thought. So you know, I think I think the restaurants will be fine. Pete, to your point, the restaffing is pretty easy. But I mean, some of those dining experiences aren't cheap, and f- I don't want to be the person to have to break in the wait staff. You know, as as uh, I guess stuck up as that sounds. But if I'm going to go spend a lot of money on a nice meal, I don't want to have to train the wait staff. I think it probably is. But we've, we've talked about Raglan Road at Disney Springs a lot, and we really enjoy that area. Um, right now, customers can get a $75 gift card. Right now, customers can, can, get, can pay $50 for a $75 gift card, and all of that money is going towards their employees. So if you're looking for someone to support in this time, and you're, you know, maybe you're from Orlando, maybe you're, you know, you're someone that goes to Disney all the time, and that's one of your favorite places at Disney Springs. I mean, I think it's fun. It's not my all-time favorite. But at the same time, you know, you can get $75 for 50 and all that money is going towards their employees that are struggling right now. And that's a good thing. Can that gift card go toward the bread pudding and go toward maybe a, an adult beverage? Yeah, I think it can. I mean, and I've a, seen a lot of I've seen a lot deal. of restaurants doing this. It's a good deal. Um, you know, local restaurants as well as restaurants in Orlando that are you know, because they don't have any income coming in right now. So they're they're trying to do this to at least kind of keep uh, keep some money in their pockets, money in their employees' pockets while they're while they're going through this. And I, so yeah, I think if if you can afford it right now, definitely look at, at buying some of those things. And the gift cards are good for five years. I'm seeing here. So even if you don't plan to go next year or the year after, you want to wait it out. 
Um, it's five years, and you can buy up to four gift cards per person. Tom, we do need to have a bread pudding off still between uh, Ohana and, and I Raglan might be Road. going to Raglan Road's website tonight and buying <laughs> a few gift cards. Uh, that's a, that's a good deal. So, I mean, do we feel confident enough to throw a date out there when everything is back to normal at Disney World? I'll throw a year out. Go for I it. Don't, I, don't, I don't think everything gets back to normal until at least 2021. I feel like the fully, same way. fully, fully operational, normal, everything running. I think it's at least 2021. I think it. I think it happens when the vaccine occurs. When the vaccine happens, and we start seeing positive results from that, or even like this, everyone's so worried about the second wave. And like, I'm not. I'm not trying to do politics on this, but like Pete said, at least a year. I agree with you, Matt. Um, but I think eventually people are going to be so fed up with everything being shut down and and not being able to do what they want that. I think people are going to stop caring eventually. But my, 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 my point back to you is what you said earlier, the risk on Disney. Disney's such a well-known name. Are they willing to take that risk? I'm not worried about the three of us going to Disney. I think we'd all go there in two weeks or four weeks or Tom might go tomorrow. I don't know. But, but what I'm saying here is like it's Disney's risk. It's not our risk. And what are they willing to accept? So yep. I'm, I'm going to be much more optimistic. Um, I think we have successfully flattened the curve. I think – that our hospital systems have now been proven they're not going to be overrun. So I'm going to say July 1st, back to normal. June 1st, limited opening. And I hope you're right. I really do, especially selfishly because of our of our June trip. But but I, I, ho- I really do hope you're right. I think it just goes back to if you want to talk about like hospitals proving around the country they can support this, Like I don't disagree with that. I do think that we're moving in that direction. But you have to think about Orlando hospitals and what they can support to a certain extent as well. You kind of have to go to that micro level instead of the macro level. But overall, I think America is going to come back, you know, stronger than ever. I, I do think that we're going to see, you know, the flattening of the curve that we believe is happening right now. You know, I, I think, and I believe that's the case. I'm worried about the second wave and the vaccine. And I think when either of those two things occur and we have a better handle and better data, Disney's going to open because they just can't, they can't stay closed. They, they really don't need to either. It's the number one theme park in the world. Let's not lose sight of the fact here too that you know we are we're all very fortunate that we are healthy, that that we are employed and, and that we can complain about our favorite theme park not being open right now, right? Because there are I mean there are a lot of people that are that are really hurting right now and and again, don't don't want to don't want to not think about those folks because you know they are really hurting right now. And it's you know it's it's kind of speaks to how fortunate we are that that we can actually get on here and talk about when we think Disney's going to because ultimately in the grand scheme of things how important is it really but but I think to Pete that's a great point and I, and I do agree with you but I also think that we've seen interactions from our listeners uh, whether it be Twitter whether it be emails that it's nice to escape the real world for an hour and that's what we're trying to do with you as well I I we're definitely definitely aware of of what everyone's going through this is horrible this is a pandemic certainly but this is a we try to share our thoughts on Disney, and I think that's why we have people who come to listen to the podcast every week to get away from work for an hour, to go have something to do when they work, listen to while they work out, or just to feel a little bit of the Disney magic wherever you are. So that's what we're trying to do as well. We're trying to still continue to talk Disney in very creative ways. I guess never would have pictured we're talking about Disney being closed on a podcast. I know, right? I I feel magic every time Matt talks. <laughs> well, one thing that I was just thinking, guys, is um. You know, we, we have talked Magical. about 
we have talked about Disney's 50th anniversary, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. And I wonder if, you know, maybe some of this downtime gives Disney a chance to really, you know, do a little bit more. I mean, I know the economy's down. I know things are impacting that. But at the same time, maybe they can get some of the kinks out so when they do reopen, it is just grand and things that nobody's ever seen before and really just kind of piques your imagination and wants to make you get there as fast as possible. No, I, I, you know, they're they're definitely doing a lot right now to, you know, if if you look at the plans for Epcot, uh, if if you look at some of the things that they're planning, absolutely, you know, you look at the Tron coaster at uh, at Magic Kingdom. There's a lot of stuff out there that that's really exciting. the The big question is now, how does this impact that? You know, are they still working on it? And and nobody knows at this point, really, right? Because they're they're not talking about it, and, and I'm not saying they need to talk about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think they've they've definitely got a lot of good working. My fear is how how much of it did they get done before this all happened, and how much you know, how quickly can they get ramped back up on it? Yeah, I think a lot of folks right now, especially in different industries that do have cash on hand, are taking this opportunity to to kind of just you know reevaluate their situation and think about what they can do now to improve going forward so they'll be 100% ready to roll. And I, I would hope that Disney can do this. I hope first and foremost they're taking care of their cast members, and I hope that they are. I don't know. I haven't read a whole lot of reports about that. But I think you know cast members first, park second, and then after that get the guests ready for an amazing experience when they do reopen fully. All right. Well, anything else to say? Uh, again, just reiterate uh... – we hope it's sooner rather than later. I'm I'm looking forward to June. Really, I'm looking forward to just getting out of the house a little bit. But hopefully, hopefully it'll be down to Orlando in June. So, anything else? I don't I don't have anything. I'm good. I'm good. All right, All right let's go to the uh, secret and trivia for the night. What do we got, Tom? So, secret of the night. Did you know the Jungle Book was the last movie that Walt Disney was personally involved in? Uh, it came out in 1967, the year after Walt Disney died from lung cancer. So kind of sad, kind of cool, whichever way you look at it. Going to, uh, I'm getting some weird looks from Matt, so maybe that's, my comment didn't go over well. I just thought it was interesting. That's the last movie Walt Disney was personally involved in. Going over to the trivia question, trivia question from last week, what two Disney World attractions were originally at the World's Fair? The correct answer, and I'm going to get some backlash, is the Carousel of Progress and It's a Small World. But Pete, let, let me hear your rebuttal. Well, I what what about uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln, which would later be incorporated into the Hall of Presidents? I don't know, Pete. I I don't think I can give you that. Judges, judges, no, nope, they say no. They say no. I don't know. Now Matt's saying yes. You know, we're going to move on to the trivia question of this week. Thank you for everyone who participated. Trivia question of this week: What is the most popular item in Disney World's Lost and Found? And then a bonus trivia question on that: How many of this item is found each day on average? So you can tweet us at WDW podcast or email us at WDW at gmail.com. Look forward to your guesses. All right. Well, before we close it out, I do just want to let you know, Tom, that uh, It's a Small World was there. Carousel of Progress was there. Uh, the Ford Motor Company had a Imagineering Design Pavilion. And also a lifelike President Abraham Lincoln uh, recited some of his favorite speeches. That doesn't sound like the Hall of Presidents. It doesn't sound like whatever else you're referencing. I was right. You were wrong. And a lot of our listeners were correct as well, Pete. We had some listeners that agree with Pete, though. 
I saw some of that feedback. Well, we can just continue. I think we're trying to wrap this episode. Isn't that right, Pete? (laughs) Agree to disagree. All right. That's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. Also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash WDW. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at WDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.